Hi, everybody. It's Susan Fenema from Beyond the Chaos, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Gregory Proctor, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 51. That's right, people. Episode 51. We're into our third season. Woohoo! Yes, sir. Things have been going pretty good for us over here at Cut to the Chase. And today, I have a special guest that not only is she a friend, a confidant, um, a professional colleague. I mean, there's just so many things I can say that is just outstanding about our featured guest. But before I do that, I want to say most of all, she's my laughing buddy. So we're going to have a great, great time today. And since we have so much in common based on the fact that our businesses are very similar in what we do for services, I just think it's going to be a, a, a very you know fun-filled type of a podcast today. And so to our listeners today in episode 51, we're going to talk about Beyond the Chaos. And, you know, we're going to segue that a little bit with do's and don'ts. And really, it's going to kind of relate to the extremities of kind of what Suzanne and I do in business. So to our listeners, our special guest today is Suzanne Finnerman. She is the Chaos Eradication Officer. People go, what? Does that not mean CEO? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just a new spin on it. It's Chaos Eradication Officer of Beyond the Chaos, which is a consultancy service helping small business owners to simplify their operation and manage their projects so they can grow their business and get back to their lives. I absolutely love that about our featured guest. She's such a fun, loving person. Ever since we've started to collaborate and talk, I mean, just the synergy, the energy, it's just so impactful. So Suzanne has over 30 years of operational experience plus project management experience in professional services in many different industries. She's on a mission to improve Americans' society exponentially, and particularly as it relates to small business. So for all you small business folks out there listening to this, whether you're woman-owned, minority-owned, or you're just a small business, or whatever category you want to put yourself into, Susanna is your person. She is the god in eradicating chaos. Her passion in helping small business owners to, to basically regain the overwhelming control of their growing business is through her process development, her organization, and structuring business operations and project. From the development project, for excuse me, from the development process, she begins by coaching through her project managers and setting up work from home environments to eliminate paperwork and therefore beyond chaos can help you feel less overwhelmed, more effective, and quite frankly, more productive through the end of your day. And today we're going to kind of have this yin and yang thing going on, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to give our listeners a little bit of a segue about all the great things, but I, I just tell you, you can, you can feel the energy coming from me. It's, it's just exciting. So Suzanne has also been uh, a dean of success through basically art of value. She's been a dean of success through the Midas Data LLC. She's been the director of operation through Williams Labette Ladai. I may have not pronounced that right. And she's also been a traffic manager through General Growth Properties. 
She holds a bachelor's in journalism from the University of Texas A&M. That's right, folks, the University of Texas A&M. For most of her career, she has been helping passionate business owners gain control of their business through these processes and through her organization so they can make more money. I mean, obviously, folks, if you're a small business, you get started off on the wrong foot. Sometimes you got to have a consultant come in and basically help you out. So when Susanna is not helping a small business, some of the things that she enjoys to do is multi-course dinners. She also enjoys American football, particularly college football, Texas A&M football, and Blackhawks hockey. She lives and works from her home in McKinley, Texas, with her husband, dog, and cat. And so, Suzanne, you know, sometimes people go, Greg, I don't know if I should hire you as my hype man or if I should just like give you a pat on the back. But Suzanne, do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? (laughs) Well, I think that's quite the introduction there, Gregory. (laughs) 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 I'm not even sure what to say. (laughs) I'm, uh, I, uh, I did. It is Williams Lavity. I will, I will. Williams Lavity. There you go. I mean, that's a hard one to say. Um, I worked there for 10 years and it was in Chicago and it was substantially colder than it is here today in, uh, in McKinney, Texas, where it has dropped down to 40 almost. Wow. I'm very excited to be part of your 51st episode. I think that's pretty cool that you've crossed over that half century mark, so to speak. And I'm yep. I'm looking excited. I'm very excited and looking forward to what we're going to share here and do's and don'ts of how yeah. to control our chaos. There you go. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so let's let's kind of jump right into this. I, I think we'll do a, a few warm up questions because you know it's rather interesting that you know when you start talking about a CEO, particularly as it relates to a small business or even, you know, a Fortune 500 company, um, words like chaos eradicating officer kind of doesn't really come to mind. So uh, walk us through how you came up with that. (laughs) Sure. So, well, you know, I love fun titles. Uh, You mentioned my Dean of Success title at my last uh, my last job before I started mm-hmm. my business. Uh, that was a fun one too. Uh, side note there, my maiden name is Dean. So Ooh, where okay. that came from. And uh, so the fun titles is something that I've always thought made it interesting. I once uh, uh, interviewed for the perfection officer at an ad agency. Um, wow. and yeah, their job was to make sure everything went perfectly out the door to the clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, the gist of how I got to it was, I mean, Beyond the Chaos is the name of the business. And so I'm like, well, see, chaos, that that works right. But, you know, we, we have to come up with what we do in my title. Mm-hmm. So I just took the CEO and did a little Googling for, uh, or a little, I guess, uh, uh, thesaurus work <laughs> on getting rid of and eradicating came up and it seemed to fit. So there we go. That's how perfect. it came up. Perfect. 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 Great, great story. Great lead in. And, uh, certainly, uh, you know, I, I can certainly relate because, you know, what I want to share to our listeners is, 
you know, Susanna and I, uh, we we kind of have very similar businesses, and and a lot of our list, a lot of our listeners know that you know by me being the managing director of Sketcher, you know, we do a lot of project controls, project management, and those type of services. And uh, when Susanna and I first met, it was through LinkedIn, and we were just chit chatting and realizing that there was so much in common and there was so much synergy there, particularly as it was relatable to stories. And I think really kind of the defining thing that kind of laid the tranche, as I call it, of, of, of segregation between your business and mine was the, the size of the projects, the size of the projects that, that my company takes on versus the size of the projects that your, your company takes on. And then kind of what we consider to be the agile or the flexibility approach uh, in being able to move those things forward, you know, as we render project controls and project management experience. And I guess one of the things that I want to jump into as we talk about kind of the do's and don'ts is really it is understanding the difference between the two. You know, project controls is really a subset of project management and and project management is really, you know, its primary focus is on the project uh, cost and schedule, you know, working kind of directly with your, your project team and advising them you know, of all of all of the issues and the controls aspect is really kind of the guys that are, you know, they're kind of behind the scenes turning the wrench, you know, really tweaking things to really kind of uh, help people understand that, hey, when you make these great decisions or in some cases wrong decisions, uh, here are the adverse effects. And so, Suzanne, I want to let you jump in a little bit and and talk just a little bit about how your business specializes in these unique things in helping small businesses succeed. Sure. That's, that's a big undertaking there, but I can, I can probably summarize that up. Um, When we're working with small business owners and and we're talking really small businesses, like 10 people or fewer often, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, the business owner has usually taken that job and taken decided to own their own company mm-hmm. because they were exceptionally good at their trade. Mm-hmm. They were a great software developer or they were an amazing copywriter. Mm-hmm. And then they've come into this world where they don't even hardly get to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing all these other things and they are not very good necessarily at the managing of projects themselves, which mm-hmm. is where your clients need to see the progress, right? That's right. That's right. So they are not necessarily good at getting into those little details and making sure that things are running on schedule and that you're staying in scope. So listen to this, small business owners. Remember, when you're not staying in scope, you're costing yourself money because you know you you're just starting to randomly do things that you know you can solve, you're happy to solve, you wish you could solve, but if you're not getting paid for it, you're doing it for free. That's right. And so that's where we come in to help with that scope, that time, that budget, and help Mm -hmm. maintain that. But more importantly, at that small business level, uh, we are becoming your confidant and your friend and your go-to person because many small business owners do not have somebody like that in their business to talk to, to mm-hmm. get advice from, to mm-hmm. say, 
wow, should I even be pitching this client, this proposal? Because I've already seen three red flags when I've been talking to them. Right. You know, can I risk not even putting the proposal out to them? Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, we can even come in at that point and make some suggestions on, well, here are some ways to manage those red flags at the proposal stage so that by the time you get to the project stage, it's not going to blow up in your face. Right, right. Those are some ways that we help. We also help with the team management because many uh, many of these business owners don't have necessarily full-time employees. They're mm-hmm. usually, um, whether it's usual or very much, very often, they are working with subcontractors, subcontractors that are working other jobs for other people. And so being able to manage a team that's remote, mm-hmm. um, that's distracted mm-hmm. by other work and sometimes just by no work, <laughs> sure. Um, sure. helping them wrangle them in, know when they're available, know that they're working, making sure they're invoicing you, making sure they're entering time against projects. All of those types, types of things also fall into our purview. Mm-hmm. And it gets that little nitty gritty stuff off the business owner so that they're able to focus more on who else can I sell these great things to? Or what can, can I go back to software development or back to writing? Can I carve out some time in my day to do what I love? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I totally, totally agree with everything that you, you stated there, you know, it, it really is a conformance to the goal, and that goal, basically, like you said, it's it's a it's a triple constraint. You know, you've got your cost, schedule, and scope, or or IE quality. Which, when you sign up for an RFP or tender or any type of solicitation, uh, you're required to deliver. And in a lot of cases, uh, you know, small businesses fail to realize those major components of the accomplishment of the results that are sought, which basically that's what your RFP is all about, and the completion of the necessary scope and the completion of the results, which basically ties into the performance of the overall project or or basically the job that they're doing. And there's just so many parallels that kind of go into that. You know, you mentioned, you know, with regards to someone that's looking to take on, you know, a project, but yet they're still in the frame of mind. Maybe they don't have their systems and processes in place where, of course, your company would come in or a company of my size would come in and kind of help out the small business. But sometimes you got to you got to sit down and you really have to do kind of a, a competitive analysis and really understand, are you fit for being able to do the job? There may be other companies that or, or, or some cases more suitable. And particularly if you're starting out and you don't have all your processes in place or you don't have your project management uh, rigor uh, in, in ingrained into your overall day-to-day, uh, it may not be suitable you know, to be able to move forward. And so when you see situations of small business owners trying to step up to the plate mm-hmm. and they're showing you know what i would consider to be kind of the uh the uh, the risk taking i mean what are some of the things that you kind of advise them on 
with regards to the apprehension of things that they really kind of need to ensure that they're prepared for. Because like you said, you're, you're bringing kind of a box in a shop and you're bolting it in and you're, you're taking care of what we consider to be back-end processes. But, you know, if those two boxes don't align or if the two linkages don't come together, um, I mean, what are some of the recommendations you, you put out there to those small businesses? So we have a lot of, we have businesses come to us in a lot of different states. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Some will be managing their projects through their email. So there's my first don't. Wow. <laughs> don't manage your projects through email. And I don't usually say this, this is black and white. That is the wrong way to do it. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, uh, but some will come to us like that. Some will come and they've tried you know, they've tried all these different project management tools. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they've tried teamwork and Monday and Basecamp and none of them quote work. Right. Just don't work. Okay. Well, that is not the tool that's not working. That is the process that you're putting into the tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So do, here's a good do, do put process around the tool that you're going to use. Right. Um, and that needs to usually be a written process. Mm-hmm. So to your question about um, what do we usually set people up with as far as that expectation, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, many things happen as this, this goes through. Sometimes as you start to set that structure up, you start to find team members that are not accountable to do the work. Um, and they become, uh, it becomes painfully obvious that that person shouldn't be doing that role or hasn't maybe even been doing that role and you just didn't realize it. So Mm -hmm. one thing we tell them to be aware of is be prepared for some holes to be put or holes to be shown in your business. Mm -hmm. Now it's still up to you to how you're going to adapt that. Could you could you correct that employee or that subcontractor or do you want to move on or how do you want us to help you um, get the information you need to help them improve all the types of things we can put into uh, into your uh, bag, your, your, you know, give you more arrows in your, in your bag uh, to mm-hmm. with um, mm-hmm. whether those are to get people on target or to move people on. Um, so while that might sound like HR, it's not. We're not HR experts, but that does put some holes in your personnel. The other thing it's going to show you is where um, where you're lacking as far as satisfying your customer. Mm-hmm. So you might find that some of your customers that are used to the old way you're working might mm-hmm. not like a more structured way because mm-hmm. now you're starting to realize you've been giving them things for free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how are you going to handle that? How can you have some resets with clients and Mm -hmm. reset their whole uh, world of how they're going to work with you? It's a lot of change that happens. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the people that come to us are overwhelmed when they get here. And so we're starting by saying, it's not going to be better tomorrow. We're going to have to work through this to get there first, but we're going to help you get there. So you're no longer in there hanging out by yourself, you know? So there's another do 
do get help. You don't have to do this on your own. Right. Right. Yeah. I certainly, certainly appreciate that, that insight because, you know, statistically, at least on, on our end of the business, which, you know, we, we come in with, uh, you know, systems and processes and, you know, we kind of follow, you know, a good majority of the time we follow kind of the PMI project management Institute sure. uh, standards of, of engagement, because we are dealing in most cases uh, with a lot of government work. And, and it's rather coincidental that I'm going to share the stat with you because typically what we see um, is always it's always a nine one one project rescue me. I mean, you know, and, and and I can laugh about that because over the years that I've been doing project controls and project management on a on a worldly scale, you know, I, I can I can say this with with kind of uh, no mal intent is the fact that despite the best efforts and intentions, many organizations that find large scale projects miss their goals for a number of reasons. You know, there's a optimum bias. There's a, a manual estimating errors. There's insufficient historical data. There's scope creep, and and many many other factors. And so, when it comes to what we deal with on our end, which is large scale capital projects, uh, you find that 98 percent of the projects incur cost overruns or delays. You know, and on average, the increased estimates are at 80 percent. Sometimes, you know, because if we're in a 911 rescue. You know, we're already behind the eight ball when my company gets involved. And, you know, if there if there is a do that, whether you're large business or small business that you take away from this, is involvement of the, these types of services early, 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 early. Suzanne mentioned as early as you starting to think about submitting for an RFP. You know, timelines are often delayed, you know, in some cases up to 20 months, Uh and of course, you know, I have an old cliche that I always tell my customers um, when we're dealing with them and it's a it's a 24 month project or I don't know, even three years. You know, we've run so many of these models and we say, OK, you know what, guys, you know, you're bringing us in and you're already telling us you're 45 days behind schedule. Um, OK, we're up against, uh, you know, a brick wall here. You know, I mean, uh, 24 months and you're trying to recover you know, literally a month's worth of work or a month and a half worth of work within the within the allotted time left. And I'm going to give an analogy here because I think everybody's listening to this probably going, what the hell is Greg talking about? Well, let's think of it this way as we look at project management and project controls. And this is a very simple analogy. So if you're working a six-month project, and let's just say you do fall behind by 30 days, that means one singular month, okay? One singular month. If you're an individual working in that one singular month and you're working 150 hours or 127 hours, whatever it is, 40-hour work week, that means you're going to have to work 280 hours in a single month to play catch-up. That's the kind of the irony of it when you start to fall behind and you know, so many times I get kind of the deer in the headlight look when we come in and we do our due diligence and we do our assessment and we figure out, okay, uh, this is what you've told us and this is what you didn't tell us. And these are the things that we believe that we're going to have to do to go off. Do you agree? Sign on the dotted line. And then, you know, obviously we're off and running. But uh, in a lot of cases, that deer in the headlight look, which I'm sure you get with small businesses, uh, it's it's concerning that people get so far down the track thinking that things are just going to fall in place. 
And the first thing that I always tell people when they come to me is, you know, I tell them basically, you have to plan to succeed. The most earliest inception of planning needs to start at the day that you have the idea so that you start to lay out a comprehensive track to be able to go forward with ensuring that that idea or program or project or starting up that business is going to be successful as you move it forward, as it begins to mature, as it grows. It's just like growing a child. It's just like birthing the baby. I mean, you know, all these things, they fall the same philosophies and principles in life, except we're talking about business. And so my next question, <laughs> I'm sorry, I went on a tangent there, Suzanne. <laughs> I knew but, you would. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just so coincidental because I think, I think what I'm going to do is I, I want to say this is we're in such a volatile and cyclical time now, unlike anything that anybody's ever imagined, at least in my lifetime. I mean, you know, I've got family members that are, you know, pushing 100, but still, you know, we've never gone through what we've gone through in these unprecedented times. And so it is so crucial right now. And, and the things that we're talking about today really comes down to how resilient your business is in order to be successful. It's just not the norm to go out there and do some of the things that small businesses do, but you've got a plan and you've got to be looking for those uncertain or should I say undesirable things that can adversely or, or, or directly or indirectly impact your business. So on those thoughts, Suzanne, what, what are you guys doing on your end to try to help small businesses at least alleviate, like you said, eradicate the chaos but alleviate some of the things that maybe they're forward thinking right now is not thinking about, you know, three months down the road, four months down the road, because pipelines are really not coming back as, as quickly as people think they are. I mean, some of them are, some of them aren't, but, uh, you know, it's, it's still a little bit of a struggle because there's an unknown. How are you preparing your small, small business owners for, for some of that? So, um, the number one thing that we, want is our clients to keep the clients that they already have. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. It is much, much easier to continue to service and to service existing clients well than it is mm -hmm. to find new ones. Yep. So that's, that's the first one. And the second part of that is I'm going to use a quote here. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, Dwight Eisenhower said it. Mm -hmm. Plans are worthless but planning is essential. Yep. And so the difference of those two things, if you, if you think through that quote, the plans, who did, who had a plan on March 13th, who has the same plan now? Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. pretty much no one. So that plan was worthless, but that does not mean that you're planning the effort that you put in to creating that plan is mm -hmm. worthless because the effort of planning, the effort of thinking through, this is the next step. When I get to this step, what can go wrong? What are the mm -hmm. risks involved? What are what could challenge that? Um, you know, shoot, what if what if one of my employees gets sick, which you might have thought of before, but now you really think of it, right? Right. Um, those those that planning allows you to be more nimble. Mm -hmm. And nimble is what you need to be in this environment. You need to be able to say, okay, that didn't work. What do we swap out? 
We've already mm-hmm. thought through this, so we know what the options are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're doing that far enough in advance, you're able to do something like move D-Day two days because of weather. Sure. Can you imagine trying to coordinate something that vast, that huge, if you just went by the written plan? You, would, <laughs> you couldn't do it. You'd have yeah. gone through the effort, and the effort of that is what's so essential. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's uh, my God, man. You know, you 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 just you keep opening me up to uh, <laughs> to things that 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 are just so so relevant. You know, my company and I just recently worked on uh, a fairly large job. You know, I mean, it was it was in the it was in the excess of a two hundred and fifty million dollar annual spend over basically a five year period. You know, with with options. And, you know, coincidentally, you know, without disclosing, you know, anything, uh, names or anything like that regarding the project, you know, the things that we noticed right out of the gate was the fidelity of where the customer stood at the time of our inception of, of coming on board was like, how can you be tracking things down to the hour and you're telling us that over a one year period, this guy's only going to work 30 minutes, but yet your checkbook is not balanced so that you understand your spend. Yeah. I mean, it was so contradictory and so wrapped around the tree that, you know, my team and I was like, you know what, we need to actually do this from the bottoms up. And then, of course, we were met with resistance, you know, regarding the bottoms up approach, uh, trying to get things to tie off and get into the right WBS structures and cost accounts and making sure everything was was truly the way that, you know, we knew that their customer would want to see it. And then it just became, you know, so much, you know, the chaos came into play, you know, and 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 you started saying to yourself, Oh my God! No, you know the philosophy of their mindset and the way they thought about things. It just literally drove my team nuts. I mean, every day we'd have an, a call before the call, just so I can make sure everybody had a nice little sip of wine before uh, you know we got on the call and 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 we were all mellow. But but it's just one of those things where it's just like you know you've got to look at things through the right lens, you know. And I think that's where, like you were stating earlier. You know, having consultancy folks on board that understand how to plan and how to get you from A to Z in the most logical, efficient, and cost-effective manner is worth its goal in dollars that you have to pay. And you you would not believe the amount of times I've heard this cliche, and I'm only going to state it because you and I can relate to this, and it is so comical to me. Where people come to me sometimes and they go, oh my God, you know, you guys, you, your, your estimators, your schedulers, your project controls managers, and your data junkie guys, you guys are like running a black box. You know, it's like we, you, you put stuff in and then, you know, you guys give us all this. I said, well, I'll tell you what, if that's the way you feel in the notion of how I think, you know, garbage in equals garbage out. And if you plan to succeed in a manner of where you logically, successfully think through the issues and the roadblocks and the red tape 
and you lay out the best optimum plan, then the likelihood of you succeeding is highly probable. It's not the garbage in, garbage out. And certainly that doesn't quantify you being in a black box or us, the services that we provide, being a black box. And so I guess my next question to you is, is, is these type of things happen regardless of big business or small business, because sometimes that planning, as we've talked about, that planning aspect just send, tends to go by the wayside. Because like you said, sometimes the small business owner is great at what they do, but they're not necessarily great at running their business or i.e. planning you know, for success. Same thing we see on a big business side of the table as well. You take over a $250 million uh, annual gross, uh, or not annual gross, but $250 million budget per year project, and then you're not executing, you're not performing, you're not uh, doing what you're supposed to do. Basically, you're not delivering. Uh, you know, it's it's worse than having egg on your face. <laughs> you know, there's a, a interesting uh, perception, I think, that people have the idea that everybody should do their jobs, right? Right. Great. Right. Everybody should do their jobs, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily understand what the project manager's job is. Mm-hmm. And that is to make sure that all of those people work together as a team. That's I'm, right. You know, if you send a football team out on the field and tell the center to hike the ball and the quarterback to call a play and the running back to run, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, without anybody coordinating when all that happens, mm-hmm. when play is called at which time, when does the center snap the ball, without coordinating that, mm-hmm. you just have a bunch of people doing stuff. That's right. It, 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 and probably it's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, and, and going in multiple directions, which uh, obviously we've seen you know, time and time and time again. Right. And so um, making sure that you have that facilitator that person who's making sure the team is working together and moving in harmony, mm-hmm. a, a coach or um, a, sometimes we laugh, sometimes it's a babysitter, <laughs> you know, sometimes whatever that role is of the project manager is what is completely um, impossible to replace because it doesn't matter how good the rest of the team is at their job. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to do it in harmony and within the controls of the, the project at hand, it's not going to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're spot on. You're absolutely spot on. Sometimes we call that uh, herding cats. Yes. As, uh... <laughs> All right, Suzanne. So look, you know, we're we're uh, we're coming up on uh, on the end of our time. This has been great, but you know, I got some I got some rapid fire questions, you know, and and usually what what I like to do is just have my featured guests uh, just kind of tell me their thoughts on on some of these uh, questions, and it's usually basically uh, uh, something that really comes to mind. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to preface it this, and I'm going to say it is the process that defines controls, and project management. And it also underpins what is needed in the strengths of project controls and project management, which is basically the attention to detail and the focus on the approach. These are all things that we've talked about. And so 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump into these 10 or 12 rapid fire questions just to kind of see the significance of their importance and just how you would answer them in the context of how we want to demonstrate these are excruciatingly important to any small business or any large business that's listening to this particular podcast. So are you ready there, pal? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, here we go. Here we go. So the first one, project planning. Well, it's highly important and should be done before you start your project. Okay, perfect, perfect. Budgeting. Obviously, we're all in this to make money. So, I mean, bottom line, that it you might want to serve and do all those things, but if you don't make money, you're not here to do it again tomorrow. So budgeting highly important, should also be one of those things you do before you start executing the project. Uh, yeah, I I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, unless you're working for free, I mean, <laughs> right. you got to you gotta make sure that your spin is not more than uh, than what you've got coming in. I mean, that's just simple, simple stuff we learn in, in early, uh, early grades of uh, childhood elementary school. Uh, risk management. Risk management is a tough one because especially in smaller projects, people tend to ignore it. Mm -hmm. But it's important to know that even small projects can, you know, risk can totally take them over, whether it's from a person being sick, which in a small project could be substantially a bigger issue than in a big project where maybe you have many people filling the same role. So risk um, needs to be evaluated on a regular basis throughout the project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Change management. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. I can <laughs> session on change management. Um, you have to be able to control the changes you as the professional have an obligation to deliver the project that you are hired to deliver and you cannot let the client and their changes modify that without being very clear with them what the result is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've got two more. Okay. So per performance, or excuse me, actually forecasting. Forecasting. So forecasting is probably more of a project controls thing than it is a project management thing. Mm -hmm. But forecasting is going to be on with with larger projects a bigger deal than with smaller projects. With mm -hmm. smaller projects, it's pretty much more of a waterfall or a short agile relationship. With uh, larger projects, being able to see into the future and see what you're doing today and how that affects the longer term uh, goal is important because just because you're on target for budget today doesn't mean that in two weeks you still are if you're not accommodating and looking at that forecast properly. Yep. Yep. To totally agree. It's, it, it's a, uh, it's always an extrapolation exercise that uh, you've got to look at regularly, you know? So, uh, so certainly, uh, certainly agree with you there. Okay. So performance management. 
performance management is huge. And, and I'm, I'm assuming your question from this standpoint is more, um, since we're talking about professional services, mm-hmm. we're talking about the ability of the people who are participating in mm-hmm. the project to perform mm-hmm. properly. And that is important. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, is something that a lot of these types of controls are going to shed light on. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be obvious who is and isn't doing their job. And you mm-hmm. need to be able to make sure that you're requiring something that's sustainable to, mm-hmm. to the team member, but also that that team member is meeting the expectation, which also means expectations must be clearly set. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the only only thing that I would add into that is, you know, as you do look at personnel and processes, I mean, to me, it really comes down to the health of the project. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it really it really states, are you operating your project in the red, yellow or green? I mean, that's that's just a, another simple way of kind of looking at it is uh, is, is really the, the monitoring of the project's health. And I think this last one, I mean, you know, your business is all over this and I can see why you've had so much success and that is project administration. (laughs) So, right. I love that. And project administration, we would call that project management here, Um, but it's the day-to-day making sure every team member knows what they need to do, what is their highest priority whether or not they have a blocker to continue working, um, and then helping them to resolve any of those blockers. Uh, A lot of the times in those instances, we're also being the empathetic ear and the shoulder to cry on when there's too much or there's overwhelm. um, And being there to help pull the team together, not just practically, but also from an emotional and mental state level is something that we find is important to our, our, our project control area there. Yep. 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 Totally, totally, totally agree. And uh, obviously this has been a phenomenal communication and, and great insight uh, between you and I, Um, you know, I've enjoyed this and I just want to, you know, ask if you have any uh, any closing remarks before we before we wrap up. Uh, my biggest thing is make sure that when you're out there and and working in these worlds that you realize what your limit is. So pay attention if you are not good at getting into these details that, that Gregory and I are talking about. Get some help because this can really make or break your business. Yep. Yep. Totally, totally agree. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, as uh, as you and I have kidded around and joked and laughed for, for many, many months now that we've known each other, um, you know, we are, as as people would say, we're, we're specialists in, in our field, but obviously the, the dynamics of what we do in protecting your sweat equity, hard investment, and becoming your eyes and ears as being a spokesperson and advocate for your success is something that our business truly uh, evolves around as far as uh, project management and project controls. And certainly, uh, Susanna, you know, 
or Suzanne, I, I don't know, man. I think we just need to do a series. I mean, I, you know, I, I've been sitting here listening to us and we've been kind of going back and forth and I tried not to get on my soapbox. I was holding myself down and, you know, scrapping myself to the seat, but uh, <laughs> there's so much information that you and I can share. And I mean, we have such a great working relationship professionally that uh, there's so much we can, we can share with the world and uh, we're going to have to consider doing that. I think we do. And I know we talked about that a while ago and, uh, you know, the world came down on us and we had to do what we had to do, Mm -hmm. but I think we might have to look into that in the future. I think you're right. I think we have a, a lot that we can share out there to, to help people get beyond their chaos and quelch their overwhelm and start getting their lives back. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so to our listeners, this has been a outstanding, informative episode for anyone that is running a project, anyone that is running a small business, or anyone that is thinking about taking on a task that is quite overwhelming. Please consider how important it is to think before you move forward. And before we go, Suzanne, would you like to... uh, provide your contact information or maybe your website for those people to reach out to you. I, you know, I, I don't want to leave that out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can reach out to me via social media or um, email, phone, any method you'd like. If you go to beyondthechaos.biz, you'll find all sorts of ways to reach me and I'd love to hear from you. Excellent. 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 Well, my friend, you know, this has been great. I'm going to give you a virtual hug. I know you wasn't feeling well today. I'm glad I convinced you to kind of, uh, you know, jump into, you know, my void of excitement and fun with Cut to the Chase. I really appreciate it. Love you very much. And, uh, you know, to those out there, this has been great. This is Gregory Proctor, Cut to the Chase. We like to say bye-bye to Suzanne and bye-bye, everyone. Take care. Gregory, bye-bye.